What's up, everyone out there? Welcome back to Daily Fantasy Sports Picks and Bets. It's the mix, powered by Mayo Media Net here on YouTube and presented by Jock Market, the Daily Fantasy app where we actually make money for being smart. Yay! Download that bad boy for free. Use the promo code MMN. They're gonna match the first hundred bucks for free. If it's free, it's for me, and it's more than just a catchy catchphrase. Yeah, baby. We've been throwing our weight around the Jock Market using the tools that we bring you here on the Main Slate Show. Love it. You know we're doing the blue chip stocks. That's our top projected players. We're going to do a little cost analysis, a little value exercise with our penny stocks. That's the best projected players per run the Sims after we combine that with the actual pricing to come up with the best cost per point analysis. Yes, it's nuance, it's context, and I have a six pack of props for you, and we're going to pick a peck of pickle peppers at the very end. It's your host, the big dude with the big mouth from that big apple, big Johnny Stud, coming to you worldwide from Brooklyn, New York, as Always coming out the chair, as always. Oh my goodness, there is so much data going on. I'm like shivering at the thought. I get so worried once I start juggling these balls that I'm just going to drop them everywhere. But so far, it's been so good. Rate, review, and subscribe to the audio-only pod. And in a little bit, I'm going to ask you for a cartoon finger because they matter like 10 times more than they should. But enough of that. We need more of this, yo. It's the fastest show in NFL. Absolutely. Absolutely anywhere, man, with the one-man band. Let's just get right up into it because, man, there is just so much work to do for this main slate show, right? We kind of do the same thing for a single game. This is, whatever, 11 games. Let's get that down and do it. Again, good players doing good things, but we do want to highlight the top projected players brought to you by Jock Market. And for the audio-only listeners, you kind of want to jump over to either Twitter, at John Legaza or at Mayo Media Network, or... YouTube itself and maybe screenshot these things. It's it's always nice to have it. And I added something because I'm listening to you, the listeners, right? Get up in the comments. Let us know how we're doing. What somebody asked for was if I, we could get the matchups on it. And I said, yes, anything that, you know, someone can do, I could do better. So it's Jalen Hurts at the quarterback position, top projected quarterback. But it's not just about that top overall score. It's the distance, the disparity between Mr. Hurts and the rest of the field. Hurts projected at 28. Then it goes down to 22 for Kyler Murray, where the rest of the field kind of consolidates. We have a little bit of disparity there. Murray at 22, Cousins 21, Tua 21, Goff down to 19. It gives you an idea of that, man, that cliff that we get from these running quarterbacks. The only thing with Philadelphia and the giant spread, we have seen them take their foot off the gas. I don't know what we're going to get from Pickett and the Steelers. That offense is kind of meh at very best. The Eagles are just so good on all three phases of the game. They end up just outpacing teams, and then come the fourth quarter, it's over. I think Hurts might be the top-scoring quarterback in all of football in the first half, and he's nowhere near it in the second half. So just something to keep in mind, but you got to love the projection there. Over to the running backs we go. It's Saquon Barkley at 22 points, Henry at 21 at Houston, Jacobs 20 and a half at the Saints, CMC now with the Niners at the Rams, Pollard at 20 projected points against the Bears. Oh man, this one is really, really tough. We've had a crazy amount of running back value. So for conventional DFS, DK, and the like, it's really hard to tell who, who it is. I think 
the answer is probably in the matchups, right? We know the skill levels there. So Barkley, Henry, Jacob, CNC, Pollard, right? every single one of those players is basically downright excellent. But like I said, maybe it's probably more about the defenses. Maybe you could do just a little bit of that. We have um, the defense is what we want to be looking at. Sorry about that. So, again, tons of data, and I, I have year-long data, but I also want to get split down to last four. I think defenses are most properly descripted, right, described, I should say, descripted, make-up words already coming off the rails, with the last four because of injuries and changes in schematics. So, Seahawks defense against Saquon. The negative EPA per snap is what you like to see. 144 rush yards allowed per game. Only almost five yards per rush and six rushing touchdowns. That's an excellent matchup. The other one that I know I wanted to look at was the Titans are going up against Houston. And the Houston stats, that's the one I was looking for right there. They've been very, very bad. Some of these stats are terrible. Allowing 414 yards per game. One of the worst EPAs per snap in the league on defense. Allowing almost 42 yards per drive. That's dead last more than three minutes per drive. And then the minus 1.8 EPA per rush is bottom five. They've been really, really poor. Allowing four and three quarters yards per rush. So I think... That's definitely one of the spots we want to go is Derrick Henry. I also think he's the lowest projected of the group. So these guys are going to be really tough. It's very hard to get away from Jacobs. The Saints run defense is a smidge better. I should have just used the alphabet here. I'm like scrambling if you can't tell. But that's such is life in, you know, the NFL analyst world. Because if it's not one thing, it's on to the other one. Saints rush defense has been okay. Not maybe by yards per rush, but they have held opposition to only 111 yards per game. Even though the negative EPA, the Saints have kind of turned themselves into a bit of a pass funnel with the injuries in the secondary looking at you, Mr. Lattimore. So that's a little bit of the running backs. But again, we know they're going to be good. Good players doing good things. One of the running themes. Again, I can't handicap every single game. What we can try and do is, again, focus on the top matchups, the top players, and let the projections kind of take care of the rest. Again, one of the other reasons why we love jock market so much more than conventional play is in DFS with the running backs, oh, it gets really mucky and it's murky, and if you miss the correct person, you're out. Well, jock market, just get a little bit of everybody, right? And the player you like the most, you get an extra share, and the one you don't like, maybe you don't invest in. But again, jock market allows you the freedom to maximize your own analysis. And I think maybe that's the best way to put it, why we like it so much. All right, over to the wide receivers. It's Justin Jefferson at the top, right? We mentioned Cousins projected at the top of the board for the quarterbacks where you are able to match them with your wideouts. You probably have what are going to be the most owned stacks. I get, yes, the projection system telling you, the projection systems are telling you it's going to be the most productive stack, which again, we hope. But look at the numbers. Again, I'm really more into the tiering and disparity in the levels of these projections than I am trying to parse it out. For example, Justin Jefferson, 24.7, Cooper Cup, 24.5. I mean, to me, those are exactly the same. Maybe I should just round up to make that point. Tariq at 22. DeAndre Hopkins at 21, then it's down to Devontae Adams at 17.7. 
Okay, the 17.7 I will give you is different and disparate. Also, Adams has got like a bad flu and getting other people sick. I don't think I'm going to want to go there. Even with the Saints' pass funnel, maybe the answer there is Renfro, who we know could be really good. He's got the full practices and coming off the injury, probably a really good pivot in that game, right? Everyone's on Adams and everyone's on Jacobs. If you got Renfro with the PPR stuff, you know he could always get there for you. IPO should be cheap for Jock Norman. I want to focus back on the top of the board and how even a 22 and a 24, think about the two catches for no yards, right? It's a PPR we're talking about, people. You know, one catch for 10 yards. It's just not enough to overreact. So even things that are points and full points, which I think in wide receivers matter more. I know I say don't react to a point. Don't react to a point. (laughs) Good advice is good advice, man. You know, don't react to a point. Let's take a look at the defenses really quick before we get out of here with the tight ends, right? Who cares? It's Goddard, Higby, and Ertz because all the really good tight ends are not on the slate. Kelsey and Andrews, who is now might be down. Ugh, oh my goodness. My favorite player in the league is down. But Goddard, probably the man. Again, Pittsburgh, how often are they going to throw? How deep into the second half are they going to throw? Philadelphia, unlike Buffalo, does take their foot off the gas. Higby, I mean, the 49ers are getting healthy. And actually, Van Jefferson is back, which I think bodes well for Allen Robinson, believe it or not. I think we're going to see Higby begin to come out of it. And then Ertz, though the usage is very good for a tight end with the inception of Hopkins now and them trying to rework Rondell Moore back into the game. You can see Ertz kind of falling to the wayside as well. I always think he's going to have a solid floor. But for, like, winning contests, no thanks. In jock market, we just need the IPO to be low then, right? So, again, how... DFS can kind of hamstring you into needing certain positions. I don't want a tight end, maybe, right? What if Ertz gets bit up? I don't want him. You don't want to need that. So I like the freedom that it allows you. But we want to get into the wide receiver matchups because I think that's really it. So let's look at Arizona, San Francisco, and Detroit. Last, This is the last month, right? So again, the last four games. Because I think the Cardinals may be a pretty good example of this, how we've seen... Um, then we get piled on. I've actually covered some of these stats at the Athletic in a, in a matchup going after the Cardinals. But they're starting to turn it around, right? They're actually leading the league in splash plays per snap, right? So those are your big impact plays. 340 yards per game, 5.25 yards per play, all in the top half. Less than 30 yards per drive allowed, 2 minutes and 35 seconds allowed per drive. Those are in the top 10. The rush defense has been good. The pass defense has not been bad Either it's been more of a volume thing. Teams are passing against the Cardinals. So the 38 attempts is a lot. But the 25 completions is not that crazy considering it's only yielding 242 yards per game. That's a 66 completion percentage, which is okay. But they're only allowing an 82.7 opposing passer rating. I think the Cardinals, this is where I'm going. I think the Cardinals defense being a target, it might be fool's gold. And one of the reasons why we're splitting stats. Opposed to Detroit where those have just been consistently terrible. I mean, just worst in the league. Seven yards per play, minus two EPA per snap, 42 yards per drive, allowing scoring on almost 60% of drives. Just terrible. The worst EPA per drive back on defense, allowing a passer rating of 118 and a 77.5 completion percentage. That's where you want to go. So if you're deciding whether or not you want to pamper it, this is the final piece of the puzzle. You go over the projections. You figure out the disparity. 
then you get granular. I think that's a mistake I've made in the past, trying to get too granular on main slates. You don't actually get to the end. There's too much work to do. Let the projections, let the matchup speak to you, and then you find two nose dials, like I always talk about. So, Jefferson and Tariq, for example, Cousins and Tua, right? I wanted to draw that parallel. We see them both on both of the blue chip lists. Give me Miami, greater than sign, greater than sign, greater than sign. Minnesota. I know there's a lot of love for Tariq. He's gonna be one of the most one of the highest owned players. However, Tua is not, and I think that just might be enough to get different because I think Tua could absolutely light up the, the lines, and I think that's what's on deck. So boom, that will do it for the blue chip section of the mix. Brought to you by Jock Market and all the lovely ladies and gentlemen at Mayo Media Net. So Quarterback, I think you got to love Hurts no matter what, but then my choice for blue chip is Tua. Again, Jock Market, you can have them both. Running back for me, it's Henry and Barkley. I really like Pollard, but, I mean, the entire world's going to be on him. I'm not sure what the IPO's going to look like in jock market. Wide receiver, it's Tariq. And I'm off of Adams because of the health. I'd like to get it New Orleans, so maybe Renfro. We'll talk about that in a bit. And then tight ends is more of a thank you, but no thank you. All right, so we got the rock past midfield. Let's get this bad boy into the red zone so we can score it. But first, let the big man take a big breath. Hold on. <laughs> All right. Sorry about that. I, I thought when I get to the finish line, so I have to rip these giant sneezes. I'm just not going to blow you all away like that. So, all right, let's do the penny stock section. It's the second pillar of profit on the mix. Brought to you by Jock Market. Let's get down and do it. If you're unfamiliar, this is the most impactful part of the show. This part that matters the most because it's the value analysis, which matters the most on Jock Market. This is the must jump over to Twitter, must jump over to YouTube and grab the screenshot. Let's get down and do the thing we do. Of course, cost per point matters across the board okay the number we're looking for the perfect number if you will is 250 dollars now granted you're never going to find that the reason i say 250 is because at 250 dollars your median projection is 200 points a DraftKings, which is pretty much a winner so the closer you get to it right the closer you have of getting your median towards 200 which is how you get to the milli so we got two quarterbacks, three running backs, five wideouts, and a tight end. Again, I have all the data here. Feel free, jump on over, hit us up on Twitter. The screenshots are there. The images are there for you to download, and, you know, it's on us. So top value, no surprise, would be Sam Ellinger for the Colts going up against Washington. The poor defense there projecting for only 14 and a half points, but at a stone cold min QB 4,000 salary leaves his cost per point at 277, 10% owned 618 IPO. I mean, the ownership and the cost per point really a lot more aligned with DraftKings and DK than IPO, right? I'm not going to pay 618 IPO for Ellinger because I don't think he's very good. The reason why is you get a guy like Cousins. 21.4 point projection with the low 6.1 thousand salary leaves you a very similar 285 course a point except Cousins though he may not have a three touchdown game this season and I know I did just kind of knock their ceiling he is the quarterback of the two with the potential to go 303 and I do think the Arizona defense has been better I also think the offense has been better so though the Vikings are winning games there are some holes in that secondary as well. So if this one becomes a shootout, Cousins has the clear ceiling with the lower ownership and a similar IPO. You could see why I'd like Cousins over Ellinger. But that really ended up being a good 1v1 of how to apply the different numbers. Again, I, I really recommend you go and get your hands on this information 
because it will not only allow you to read it without hearing me yammer over it, but it'll give you an idea of the cost per point when you want to do it on your own. I can't fit every player on the board, but you want to get as close to these numbers as you can if you notice there's not a single number on the board higher than 400. So for a main slate, make that your load star. Make that your parameter. Get aim for 400. Right? Anyone below it, you're probably going to find in these lists. But if you keep 400 in mind, $400 cost per point, then you're going to be on the right track. All right, running backs, we go. Tony Pollard, Ramondre Stevenson, Deonta Foreman. I mean, Pollard and Stevenson, really, 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 really similar here, just across the board. This is Pollard and Stevenson, respectively. 19.8 and 19.1 projection. 6.1 to 6.4 salary, respectively. 308 to 335 cost per point, respectively. Right, 26 to 18, the ownership is starting to spread. People looking to get with Pollard opposed to Ramondre because the Bears' defense, maybe not what we thought. The Bears' rush defense, I got some here too, minus 1.2 rush EPA per snap. That's in the bottom eight, allowing 30 and a half rushes, going for 144 rush yards per game, 4.73 yards per rush, and seven touchdowns allowed on the ground. The Bears' defense has been a bit of a disappointment on the ground. So you can see why people are going to go with Pollard. It hasn't been said that Zeke is out. I think even if he's in, he's really out. I mean, if he's trying to game it, I get it. Where we're going is, I think that 8% disparity in ownership is okay to get with Pollard. My worry is going to be higher than 26. As far as the IPOs go, 706 to 576 feels pretty fair. you got to give Pollard the edge because the Jets' defense has been awesome. Again, those last four game stats, if you follow me on Twitter, you see the Jets are like a top three defense last month. They're legit, legit Legit good. 4.5 yards per play is first in the league. 0.19 defensive EPA per snap is second in the league. 26 yards per drive, top three. 2 minutes and 30 seconds per drive, top three. 22% scoring drive allowed is first in the league. 0.26 EPA per dropback is first. 59.7 passer rating allowed is first. I mean, they're really, really, really good. The Jets have played really good on defense, and the Patriots are not good on offense. You can see where Ramondre could be stepping on a rake, so thanks, <clears throat> but no thanks, excuse me. I kind of like Deontay Foreman here, believe it or not. The Atlanta defense is garbage. He's projecting 15 points, 5.3 DK salary, the 358 cost per point, really low when you're at a 10% ownership. So you see how all these things have to work together, and then if the IPO is truly going to be a dollar less than Ramondre, give me Deontay Foreman, greater than sign, Ramondre, Atlanta defense. It just, they just stick. You know, they they don't do really, and they really don't do much of anything well. And it has been the pass game that has got beaten up. They have allowed five rushing TDs, and I think you will be able to get to them. Foreman looked really, really spry. I always liked him better than Hubbard. That was always the answer for me. So I think Pollard is a check mark. I'm getting away from Ramondre, and I like Deontay for the you know, potential of workload um, at a less than $5 IPO. Just noticed my mistake, but I'm not going to call it out. Let someone else do that. Then let's do the wideouts. It's Garrett Wilson, DJ Moore, DeAndre Hopkins, Justin Jefferson, and Tariq Hill. I think the screaming lesson here should be those are really good players. So that validates the top lesson that I always seem to hammer home here is value is a rate stat and something is not necessarily a value just because it's cheap and vice versa 
let's do the two ends of that. Right, the two sides of that coin, if you will. Garrett Wilson, gosh, the Jets have been really tough, and I, I don't think I can get here. But with Corey Davis out, Wilson should, right, should be um, top target for my Jets. I have the split here also, but it's it's just, it's it's not pretty, right? So I have offensive stats, it's almost like, who wants him? Wilson, as like the leader in that room, 63% offensive snaps, 95 routes the last month, 81% route per dropback. So we like that, but he's only earned 19 targets. So though it's 20% of the team target share, it's only one yard per route run, which is just not, not going to do it whatsoever. So you can see why you get away from it, and the Patriot defense is okay. I have a feeling they're going to... This one's going to be really ugly. This one could finish 6-3. So Wilson... 12.7 point projection. I don't know how he gets there. 4.2 salary, 330 cost per point. Has you like, oh man, really cheap, right? So pile in on Wilson. So though in DFS and DraftKings, that kind of outlier can help fill in a puzzle, which then resonates across your entire play. That's not the case in jock barking. Why you need to be more stringent. Because each play must stand on its own. So Wilson's cheap. Oh, we go get him because he's like a number one target. Doesn't mean anything. Target share is irrelevant until you know the number of the targets, right? There's another kind of rate stat for you. So you get away from Wilson when you can go to DJ Moore, another player that's kind of got the stank on him a bit. 15 point projection, 5.3 salary, 3.55 cost per point. The 21 ownership a bit higher, but it's not really reflected in the IPO because still down below five. Atlanta pass defense, I mentioned the defense being terrible in general. The pass defense might be the worst in the game across the board. Minus .19 EPA per dropback. Opponent, quarterback has a 99 passer rating. 42 attempts, good for 30 completions and 333 pass yards per game. So, like, yes, give me DJ Moore. Walker seems to be locked in on him. So, give me more as a standalone opposed to Wilson, because remember, you control how much you invest. So every, I, I've said it before, every investment stands on their own, but to get even a bit more granular, it's that 10% is 10%, meaning a gain, and $5 spent is $5 spent. So you could spend $5 on one DJ Moore share or two shares of Garrett Wilson. They're both the same. So the value then, again, comes into uh, comes down to the output, which is why I always stressing that, not to just focus on the price, something I've had to worry about Myself and Jock Market, I let myself get off of really good players once they go over like six bucks when that shouldn't necessarily be a parameter because you still have a chance to finish four to one if you get that $25 share as the best player. So it's DJ Moore for sure. Hopkins, Jefferson, and Hill, I like all three of them. The thing that's really jumping off the page here is the DeAndre Hopkins IPO at 636. I mean, the target vacuum, they're going to be going at the Miami pass defense. So Arizona is trying to get it going, right? They're trying to reinvent themselves. So Minnesota, a bit of a mixed bag. They play a lot of zones, so quarterbacks that are vulnerable to that kind of play, and they play a lot of too high as well, right? That too high show. You're a lot of Minnesota Vikings, top six, let's say, in the last month running to too high. But that it does allow for teams to complete a lot of passes for yardage, which we've seen them allowing 269 yards per game, 13 yards per reception, which again kind of makes sense. It falls in that middle zone, right? So you're gonna get a lot of it's not over the top death, it's just a lot of intermediate stuff where Hopkins can win contested balls. I think, you know, he's like wide receiver he's a wide receiver one 
from here on out. So let's get with Hopkins while we can. And he's had a palatable IPO. Jefferson with the $8 IPO, I might get away from because of what I mentioned with Arizona. So I think Jefferson's awesome. It's not about that. I just rather have Tariq Hill at a similar IPO. If not, it's a bit lower because his projection is a touch lower. But again, people look at these things like it matters. The two and a half point projection is, again, it's a catch for 15 yards. I'm just not going to overreact to that. I'd much rather have Tariq in the matchup against Detroit. 8.5 thousand salary, a touch lower than Jefferson. His cost per point coming in a touch higher. But if I have the projections, you know, in need of adjustment, then that's going to also change the cost per point. So again, people, it's about application. I could just tell you, that's why I put the names on the screen. If you just want the answers to the test, these are the answers to the jock market test, right? It's per run the Sims, people much smarter than I am, professional projectionistas. But if you want to understand how to parse it a little bit further and how to use this data to try and find an edge in the Venn diagram, remember, DFS, jock market, they're not separate, right? Those are not parallel. They overlap. And that middle section is, I think, where we really can get it done. Again, I don't mean to bash DFS. I play it myself. I prefer these winner-take-all tournaments. I don't know if people are into that. If you're like a low-money player, they have $1 tournaments against 110 people where the winner gets 100 bucks. Awesome. You try finding a tournament against that small of a field with that kind of payout. You're not going to play a little bit more. Um, there's a $9 tournament I like to play in. 130 people. The winner gets $1,000. I'm like, wow. No. You can't find a $9 tournament on DK where it pays 1000 It's like, well, you have to win. You have to win everything. Finish third in the tournament. You end up with like 17 cents. It's ridiculous. Nothing worse than getting that message the next day. Congratulations, Mr. Lequeso. You know, you won. We've deposited 42 bucks in your account, even though you lost 10 times that. All right, enough of that. Let's get this ball from the red zone into the end zone. So that's your penny stocks. Brought to you by Jock Market. Download the app. Use the promo code MMN. And especially for the first-time users, the Sunday slates where you, where you want to do it. Think about that. That hundred, you're getting a free hundred dollars. Look at the IPOs. You know, I, I, we skipped over Font because he kind of stinks. But I mean, eight-point projection at a two-dollar IPO, you have to get shares of Noah Font, and I think he fits in really well if you're looking to pay up the tight end landscape. Like we mentioned, is trash. Font could fall into the end zone. You know, other than that, maybe it's Jawan Johnson, but he had the Q tag, so you got to be a little bit careful. But again, just how to apply these things. It matters way more. I'd rather you be able to take the sheet and then expand on it and profit, like I've seen those greed screens from players I didn't mention because people are really sharp. And that's how we do it. All right, everybody, that's the second pillar of profit. Let me just catch a breath really quick. I got a six, a pack of props for you. But first. <sighs> All right, we are up in the red zone. Let's give the ball to the big man and slam this bad boy in so I can start doing my TD dance and get up out of here. It's your week eight player props brought to you by Jock Market. I think we might have alluded to all of these players in one way or another. I'm not going to have the time to break them all down. If you're into more bets and more betting, I do not have these live yet. Okay, I want to be very clear. I am not live on these. I am waiting for alt props on these players to come out, right? So I'm not going to talk, oh, I'm throwing stuff out there that I don't believe in. These are the players, but again, I'm waiting for the alt prop. Just really, again, I'm, if you want the answers, they're on the screen, okay? I'd rather do the why and the expansion and the stuff that matters tomorrow. It'll be on Sunday is what I mean. Let's go with the first one. DJ Moore, 60 and a half receiving yards. We saw him eclipse that. Last year, we're starting to see a bit, just a bit of chem, right? A little bit of chemistry with Walker, who looked not great, not great by any stretch, let's say, but serviceable. Right, 177-2, he was good when he needed to be. 
but he was locked in on more like he should have been, right? 769-1. and one. I do not think that they have an answer for more. And what I'm getting at with the all props is so 60.5 is at minus 110. The all props going to come in at plus 70, but might be plus 145 or something. And that's where I like to make my money in prop, Mark. The reason being, if you're finding all props with a plus in front of the odd, you only need a 50% win outcome, win loss, to make money. And that's what I like, is a low achievable bar that's sustainable that will help me grind profits. Again, I, I'm not the thousand unit better. That's never been me. For me, one unit is 1% of stack. I'm very protective of my money. I'm very particular about what I bet. And sometimes when you make one bet and you lose, you are a loser, right? So I missed the last two player props and I'm a loser, right? But I didn't never get smoked because they were at point, you know, 4.0 units, a well, I mean, just way under aggressive technique because I'd like to get more into the main slates, right? So again, more bets doesn't mean more risk. On the main slate, I usually set about two units and then divide from there. So if you have two units to risk and five bets, you bet 0.40. If you have two units and 10 bets, you bet 0.20, right? So more bets doesn't mean more risk. More bets might actually mean less risk because you're giving yourself more chances to get to the finish line. Reason why I've been putting up more props because again, when you take one swing and miss, you look, you look stupid, you know? So give me DJ more. 60 and a half. Give me Jalen Waddle. We mentioned a beautiful matchup. Tariqs is over 80. Waddle at 65. He's got the full practice. He's healthy. Love, love that one. I mean, he does it in a single play. AJ Brown set to explode. Now, again, these are mostly projection based. So we know the plus matchup is there. They've been excellent. I think he's due for a smash game. AJ Brown, 69 and a half receiving yards. Barkley, Saquon Barkley for the Giants, 81 and a half rushing yards. He's one of two players projected for over 100, right? We saw how last week he might not have it going into, you know, three minutes left in the game and he'll get it. They're going to be looking to smash against the Seahawks. I believe that run game has been very weak as well. To Olave, whoa. And the Saints, he is like a total wide receiver one. I'm really surprised these ruck props coming in below 70 ever. You know, everyone's out also. Landry's out. And MT is out. Michael Thomas is out as well. So I just don't see how Olave is just not mean focus. I mean, you know, we've seen the 9 for 147. We've seen the 7 for 106 just last week. That was against Arizona. So I think Olave again. And then Kirk Cousins in the best passing one. So it was DJ Moore, Jalen Waddle, A.J. Brown, Chris Olave receiving yards over. One rushing prop with Barkley and one passing prop with Cousins. So we kind of laid out some of these, you know, their the analysis is here and there woven throughout the episode. Again, if you want more, you follow me on Twitter. You can follow me on Patreon. That stuff is free. Where we do a little bit more detail, I have full, you know, there's write-ups, short write-ups for these things. And then I have the betting model. If you're into betting games, we're using cost per point analysis, again, to get in front of line moves. It's been pretty effective so far. 
you know, when we're putting up, so again, this is all the degenerate stuff. I'm not trying to pump my own stuff, but again, we I, we're here for you. Like, we, if you guys want more, we're doing more, and that that is it, man. I can't fit any more into that show. That will do it. Thank you for picking up so much, man. What we're putting down, it really means the world to me. You know, my time is precious. I treat it as such, and that's why I try and make this show as important, you know, in this thing of ours as it can be. So you feel the same, right? You're not wasting your time. It's not anodyne it's not veneer it's not trash right that i i put in a lot of effort and as i try and prove right as a host and an analyst and as a presenter and a professor while improving my own game as well right that you're doing the same in this kind of symbiosis that we have working together right that you're, you're becoming a a better player and a smarter player better at betting better at jock market but then also a better student right you're learning how to learn right that's a thing i you have to be taught how to teach you have to learn how to learn learning to be a student it's not for everybody i mean it's, i shouldn't say it's not natural for everybody so I, I like to think that this is part of it right that's why i like to stop and talk more about inputs than outputs i like to talk about more about application and I like to talk more about losing than I do about winning because I feel that's where the lessons are. So, boom, if that didn't earn a like button, I probably never will. Download the Jock Market app. Use the promo code MMN. You got the penny stock sheet. That $100 is more than enough to do damage in the JM Street. You got it here. You heard it here first. You don't have to go crazy. Single shares of the players that you really like or very good tip for newbies. Wait five minutes before the IPO. Search by lowest player and grab the players that get opportunities. I'm going to be covering slot wideouts. Again, very last thing before we get out of here. I'm doing it on Twitter. Got one man banning it. We've noticed the too high shell suppress scoring, not only in NFL, but in fantasy. The reaction of that has been teams moving into the shotgun, hyper use of the shotgun. The result of that, right? We often talk about the punch and the counter punch. Too high shell gave us the shotgun. The shotgun is giving us influx of slot targets. We were on Tyler Boyd and Paris Campbell last week. Now, granted, they both happened to just go completely bananas. Good for us, right? They lifted the jock market portfolio. But I think more importantly is those guys are really good as far as utilization goes because a lot of them are unknown. One person we're looking at is Shy Smith, right? In that Atlanta matchup. So there's a little bit of value in the way of the door. I got to get out of here before I get canceled. So that will do it. Enjoy your games. Enjoy your day. And when we're done with the book, enjoy that pay, everybody. Man, remember when you work this hard, it feels a lot less like Lockio. Peace. Enjoy your weekend, man.